We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is episode 554. Today, I was joined by Chad Jennings of The Athletic in Boston. He's been on the show a number of times to talk about the Red Sox. And the Yankees are going to be playing the Red Sox this year. It's the first time they've played them. And we're in June, which is weird scheduling to begin with. But it's also a meaningful series for the Yankees and the Red Sox. And that is not something we necessarily thought was going to happen because we thought the Red Sox were going to stink this year. And it turns out, They don't stink. So I talked to Chad about why they don't stink. So stay tuned for that. Before we get to that, though, quickly want to just mention uh, the the first couple games of the Tampa series. Scott and I will will talk about it more in depth on on Friday fives. But that win, uh, the Frazier walk off in extra innings. I mean, I hope this turns some things around because damn, did they need that? I know that's what his quote was after the game. We needed it. There were points in that game I thought they were just going to die out again and they were going to lose the first two to Tampa. So the fact that they won, even if it was an ugly win, I'll take an ugly win any day of the week. So it's huge. I'm hoping it's huge momentum. And then when I talk to you again on Friday morning, we're talking about two more wins instead of a series split or a series loss. Because as we said on last episode, this stretch that the Yankees are on against the top AL East competition is so key. I don't think anyone's going to run away with this division, even though Tampa's won crazy amount of games, 16 out of 17, 15 out of 16, whatever it is. I don't expect them to win 105 games this year and win the division by seven games. I expect everybody to be bunched up. So these games against the Rays and against the Red Sox, you're going to have to at least go 500 if you expect to win the division, or you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be playing wild, the wild card game, which is the one game playoff. Yeah, we'll have Garrett Cole and that's fine and dandy. But then guess what? Garrett Cole doesn't get to start game one of the ALDS. So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the, that the, the Frazier walk off. We look, we look back at it and we say, well, maybe the Detroit series in Detroit was the low point of the season. And it wasn't the, the time Aaron judge got thrown out trying to run to third uh, back in Baltimore. So let's hope that happens. And uh, hopefully more good things to talk about on Friday fives. Enjoy the episode with Chad Jennings talking about the Red Sox.
Okay, joining the podcast is Chad Jennings of The Athletic. He has joined many times in the past to preview the Red Sox. And believe it or not, we didn't think this would happen, but the Yankees and the Red Sox have a meaningful series coming up in June because the Red Sox are having a surprisingly good season. And I guess you could say the Yankees are having a surprisingly disappointing season, even though they're close in the standings. Right. Welcome back, Chad. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing all right. Yeah, it's uh, I was. It's funny. I was just at the ballpark on Saturday, which was the first day for Massachusetts that things opened up. You know, and uh, it was a, it was a neat experience, but it was wild. It was like, whoa, like we're, yeah. we're doing this. <laughs> you know, it was, you could tell everyone was kind of like cautious about like yeah. taking off masks and feeling weird about it, but it was great. Yeah, nice. Is that the first uh, regular season game that you've been to since everything happened? No, no, I've been to other regular season games, but this one was just, you know, with a, this was the first time Fenway was allowed to open at full capacity and, and like in the press box, you know, we didn't have to wear masks in the press box anymore. And, um, you know, stuff like that. It just was like, it felt, you know, like it used to feel. Normally you're just up in the press box and then you don't, you haven't been going to road games though, right? No, not much. Uh, Jen McCaffrey, who also covers the Red Sox with me, she's in Houston right now. Um, and I went, I did like a week in spring training, um, right. but otherwise, yeah, we've been just doing everything from home. So now we're kind of starting to ease back into that, um, you know, figuring out when to travel, how much travel is worth it. Um, a lot of it will depend on access. You know, frankly, it's hard to, it's hard to justify, you know, going on a four day trip to Seattle when you're still going to do all your interviews on zoom. <laughs> so that's, the, that's the thing. It's like the same thing for just like a regular, regular office job. People, People are yeah. being asked to go back to the office, but then they're taking calls from their desk. It's like, how is this different than right. taking it from my house? Completely. Yeah. We, when I went down to spring training one day, I noticed they were, uh, Tom Goodwin, who is like the, he's the first base coach, but he also does the outfielders. And he was throwing walls off different angles at JetBlue because JetBlue is designed a lot like Fenway so that these new outfielders could kind of, you know, get a little sense of the monster and get a little sense of the triangle and stuff like that. So I said, I tried to ask, I, I went to the media relations guys and I was like, okay, can I get Goodwin? You know, I mean, he's the outfield instructor. Can I get him just real briefly? And, uh, just to talk about that. And I couldn't get him that day. I talked to Goodwin twice from home just by texting him and, <laughs> and calling him on the phone. For, but, but once you're, so it was like, all right, it's just, it, and I mean, I'm not mad at them. It's just like the routine is so different, you know, and the, the pattern was weird and, so, yeah, there were times when it was like, man, I, you know, I guess if I hadn't been there, I wouldn't have seen him doing all the outfield work, but I would have had a better chance of talking to Tom from yeah. my basement than I yeah. had talking to him at JetBlue. Yeah, I can imagine like your job has just been so much more difficult because you haven't been able to have those one-on-one conversations with players or coaches or whoever it is. Yeah. Like it, there's just going to be a different vibe between face-to-face versus Zoom or text message or something like that. So, I mean, writing articles, uh, you know, which is your your job, I mean, becomes harder to get information and insights. Yeah, it becomes harder to get information and it's harder to spark anything. Like, you know, we're obviously the athletic, we're trying to kind of not do just straight gamers. And it's so, you know, so much of those story ideas just come out of those like little conversations that you have and, or even like you have an idea and it's like, I'm going to float this by someone and maybe it isn't anything and maybe it is, but you know, but there's no harm in having the conversation. Now there kind of is because you're having to set up everything. So you may set up yeah. a big call with someone and finally get them and you float this idea. And it's like, oh no, that's not really how that worked. You're like, 
Oh, okay. Well, I've wasted both of our time then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. So, I mean, that's good that things are starting to move back in the right direction. And, and yeah. like you said, the, the ballparks are opening back up. I'm actually going to the game Friday night. It's going to be my first nice. game since the uh, 2019 ALCS. So it's been a while wow. since I've been back in a ballpark. I'm looking, yeah. looking forward to that because I, I realized as a fan, going to games, I don't go to that many games, maybe go to one or two a month or something like that. But just having that to look forward to, you know, for the next home series sure. or something like that is, is a big part of my fandom. So I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to getting back to that, but let's talk about the, the, the Sox. So surprisingly competitive season so far for them. What, what do you think is like on, on a high level? What's, what are the reasons? Well, I think for one thing, it was just, I mean, what were the chances of them being as bad as they were last year? Right. I mean, that last year was, you know, they were a weakened team and they knew that. I mean, when Heim traded Mookie Betts, he, he admitted like we made this team worse. We know that. But then to also, you know, you lose sale to Tommy John, lose Eduardo Rodriguez to the the COVID and then the heart issue. And, you know, all of that comes after you've traded David Price. It's just their starting pitching was a wreck. And and that was not going to be the same. J.D. Martinez had this like weird, I mean, legitimately awful year. Like, I mean, I think he was like, I think he, he might have even had the lowest war in baseball last year. And, you know, he's a DH, so there's some elements there. But I mean... May I mean, you know, what, what were the chances of that happening again? Um, so a lot of it, I mean, they're better, but also, you know, the bar was set unnaturally low. Um, but part of what's happened is, I mean, their pitching's better. It's They don't have an ace, really. Um, but they have, you know, they've all five guys have been pretty good. I mean, Eduardo has kind of, Eduardo had a bad May, but they generally just kind of, every starter gives them a chance. Um, Matt Barnes has thrived in the closer role and, and their big three, big four hitters have all been awesome. I mean, you know, that's that's really their offense is Xander, uh, Devers, and and JD. I mean, that's that they drive everything they do. I mean, those are three of the best hitters in the league. So you have those guys carrying the offense. That's something the Yankees are lacking right now. Their their yeah. best players are not carrying the offense. Like you don't expect Brett Gardner at thirty eight years old and Tyler Wade to be tearing the cover off the ball, right. but you need Giancarlo and Glaber Torres to start hitting like you have with the Red Sox, where all those big three, big, big four, I guess you could, you could consider yeah, as well. Verdugo's in there. Yeah. Cause Verdugo, I mean, he's got a higher OPS than Mookie Betts. I know this is small sample size alert, yeah. but we're here June, early June and Verdugo sure. is out OPSing Mookie Betts. Yeah. No, Verdugo's a nice player. I mean, it was, uh, again, I mean, that was, we were having a conversation with someone with the Red Sox at one point, and, and they were like, look, if your argument is that just we're the Red Sox and we should never trade a player like Mookie Betts, he was like, I can't argue that. Like, it, you're you're not wrong, but it's just kind of which way do you want to go? Like, we didn't think, their thinking was obviously, like, get these players back for Mookie and save all this money that you're going to have to pay Mookie. And we think that makes us better in the long run. Now, you can argue that, and it's much less fun as a fan <laughs> to go through that. But they, I mean, they acknowledge that's what it was. But in Verdugo, they got a good player. They don't need Verdugo to be Mookie, but they need Verdugo plus a couple of other guys, plus all of the money that they now are able to spend to match up to Mookie. And, you know, I mean, we'll see if that works out. But uh, but no, but Verdugo's good. I mean, he's 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 been a nice play, a nice hitter for him. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's that's, I guess, a trade that Red Sox fans can look at a year plus later and say, okay, well, at least we got like a nice piece for him if they weren't going to sign Mookie Betts. 
still sucks that they had to trade him, but at least we got a nice piece for him where <laughs> yeah. you're looking at like the, the Benintendi trade, which we talked about it when we did our preview, you and I, before the season. It's like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand that trade from the Red Sox perspective. And they got, who'd they get? French, Frenchy Cordero, who's who's yeah. been terrible. Yeah, Frenchy, so, I mean, well, they sent him down. Um, he, he was the short-term guy for them. Um, they also got, they got a kid in uh, who's starting in double A, who's pitching really well. And they've still got three players to be named to come, at least one of whom, the one they're getting from the Mets, it sounds like could be a pretty decent prospect. I I think they just kind of decided they didn't think Ben Attendee was a guy they were going to build around. Um, yeah. You know, it, in some ways, he had he was fairly redundant with Verdugo. You know, their they're sort of sure. best, their sort of style of hitting and everything is similar. You know, I mean, they're not... I think Verdugo now is probably a better outfielder than than Benintendi has become. But, you know, it, left-handed hitter who's not going to be a 40-homer guy. It, it, but I just think ultimately that was their decision. Is we're, we're not going to – we've decided we're not going to build around Benintendi. And if you've made that choice, I think that we're already seeing that Bloom's style is to be like, if I've made the decision, let's go. Like, I'm, he's not going to sit and wait around and – hope his stock goes up and stuff like that. He's just, this is the decision we made. And so we need to get what we can for him now. And Verdugo's contract, he's under arbitration longer than Ben Intendi, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, Ben, ben Intendi only has, uh, I think one more year of control after this. Yeah. So that obviously uh, played a factor as well with what the Red Sox are trying to do. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you just think of the name, the name because Ben Intendi, totally. I guess has a, Maybe he's his name is has more cachet than his actual on field performance. Yeah, but I mean he's he's starting to get good again. He just struck me as a guy like primed to have a bounce back year. You know, I mean, it, and and I know there were people in the Red Sox organization who felt the same way. I don't I don't know that that was like a universal agreement within the organization that that's the move to make. Um, but uh, again, I mean, I just think you, they've they make a decision and they go with it. Um, I don't know. You know, I certainly can't say it's going to prove to be the right choice. I mean. Franchi hasn't looked good at all, <laughs> but, but again, I do think there are, there are elements beyond Franchi that, that are in play here. You mentioned the offense is really like the key to their success. Um, we'll talk about the pitching in a second, but the offense, I, I looked up some numbers. They rank fifth in WRC plus and second in batting average. And I'm using bad, no batting average has kind of got yeah. a bad rap the last couple of years, but I feel like it's starting to come back as hits are just disappearing is. from the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. So they're only behind the Astros in batting average. And so even if it's only you say it's like the big three or big four carrying them, but the rest of the lineup still has to be representing themselves all right in order to rank top five in both of those categories. Yeah, they've they've been okay. Um, It's sort of come and gone with them, though. It's it's a real inconsistent issue that that one of their problems, what the Red Sox biggest offensive problem right now might be runner at third and less than two outs. They've not done a good job of making contact in those situations. Um, And that's something that. Cora has stressed, I mean, he was stressing that in spring training, you know, especially talking about guys like, like Cordero and, and Hunter Renfro and Bobby Dahlbeck, these guys who swing and miss a lot. Yeah. He was, he has, he has really preached since spring training, you know, in those at bats, we need you to maybe a little bit abandon what it is you naturally do like stop trying to just get the ball in play for me so we can get the runner in from third and that they haven't collectively have not been very good in those situations. Um, but they've gotten, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it comes and goes with all Hunter Renfro has been really good. He was very good in the month of May. 
and that's given them finally kind of a fifth hitter that they can plug in behind those those guys in the heart of the order to bring production. But, you know, Vasquez, Christian Vasquez was very good early in the year for like the first week and a half, two weeks, and then it's really fallen off. Bobby Dahlbeck has had huge ups and downs. Um, and, and, and Kike Hernandez in the leadoff spot has been a little spotty. You know, he just, he's just not getting on base, I think, in the, the way as much as they thought he would. I think, though, a lineup can live if your bottom four guys or five guys are inconsistent, but they at least have spikes. Yeah. Because then you can just, you know, figure over time we're going to get enough spikes from the, bat, the bottom few guys in order to get enough production out of it. Uh, and it, the offense has just disappeared across the game that expecting a lineup one through nine of consistent league average or above production is, I don't think it's realistic anymore. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, and, and I think that's part of what's when, when so many teams are struggling offensively. I mean, look at, you know, Glaber and DJ in, in New York. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just wouldn't have expected that. And so th- that the fact that the Red Sox are getting star level production out of four hitters in today's game is remarkable, you know, yeah. and, and then, yeah, if you've got some other guys who at least are a threat to hit home runs at the bottom of the order, um, you know, that's uh, obviously it's been effective. Um, but, but I do think that's sort of, you know, you wonder how long that can last where you can't just ride those three or four guys because the inevit- I mean, inevitably Raphael Devers is going to go slump a slump. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then now you're down to three guys, maybe two and a half guys or something, you yeah. know, and, so it, 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 there is a little bit of risk there if somebody else doesn't start to become productive. Yeah, and I think that's probably the biggest thing, the biggest concern that the Red Sox have going forward. It's like they got off to a good start. That was a little bit unexpected. Now, how do they sustain this if, mm-hmm. if their stars don't continue to perform like they are? Like where, where, where else are they going to get it? Because the starting pitching has some holes in it. The bullpen's been pretty solid, even though that I think also was probably expected to have holes in it. Yeah, and it's had holes. I mean, they've been. I mean, Matt Barnes has been exceptional, um, but you know, Ottavino was a little bit up and down. He he was good in the month of May, but really, I mean, walked a lot of guys in April. That's uh, no surprise. Yeah, yeah, you're you're aware of the experience. Um, I know that game. And uh, and and Darwinson Hernandez was kind of the same. And those were the those were supposed to be the primary setup guys. Um, you know, they early on were getting a ton out of Garrett Whitlock and the Yankees rule five pick. And, uh, but that's not that he's been bad, but it just, you know, he was never going to keep that pace where he was striking out like whatever it was, 16 per nine or something like that. And, um, so they, they've, they've had a little bit of, you know, just typical bullpen up and down performances. But, uh, you know, I think they're trying to, if, if you can solidify that a little bit, that'd be good. Cause they are, they are pretty proactive about, I mean, their starters don't really go more than a hundred pitches. So they're, they're getting into the bullpen, just like a lot of teams are They're They're into the bullpen in the sixth inning, almost every night, you know, I know that was something that the Red Sox has had kind of been trending towards as most teams. Is that an organizational philosophy or is that just the, the pitchers that they have? Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's, they're not going to push those pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot, you know, it's, I mean, look, it's, it's Erod coming off the heart issue. It's, Nathan Avaldi, which you remember that experience as well. And it's uh, Garrett Richards. It's, I mean, Nick Pavetta. It's all guys who it's kind of like if you get five good out of them, you know, you just kind of try not to get greedy at that point. And uh, so I think some of it has to do with them. And and look, I mean, if, if Sale comes back in the second half, you'll see it with him too. I mean, they're not going to oh, push sure. Chris Sale coming off TJ. 
When um, did he have the surgery? Last March. March. So he's kind of on the same, a little bit of, so Severino had it at the end of last February. So they're yeah, kind of on the he's same. A, he's a month behind Severino. Yeah. But I think it sounds like that the, maybe the Red Sox are going to be a little more cautious with him than the Yankees are being with Severino, which I do think that is a organizational philosophical thing that they, they just, they seem under Heim and under Alex too. I mean, Cora, I think has a little bit that, that they, they're just very cautious when there's any hint of an injury or coming back from injury they're they're very likely to give him an extra you know two weeks whether he really needs it or not do you think they could use him out of the pen i uh, i don't think so honestly I, I mean i think they could but i just don't think they will i think that they're my guess is they would feel like that we know what this guy what we need him for is to start i don't yeah. you know maybe i mean if the rotation's just great and they're kind of in a we need to do something right now mode but I don't. I don't see that. I, th- I just think they're too patient to, to make that move with a guy like Sale. Like if it were, Evaldi in the same situation, maybe you'd do it. But if it's a guy who has the potential to come back and give you that legit number one, I think they'd rather wait and, and hope for that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now you mentioned Rodriguez and his struggles. He had a terrible month of May, but he was okay in in April. So yeah, he is was this just a rocky month, or is it something more for his struggles? No, I mean I, it's. I mean, you know, he has sort of a you know he has that he has a history of some inconsistency and uh, and it seemed to he seemed to break through that in nineteen. I would get that every time that the anyone from the Red Sox talk about it, they they really feel like it's not that bad. I mean, his, his start the other night in Houston, you know, I mean, Jose Altuve took a terrible swing. He didn't even finish the swing and had a home run off of him. And, and, and he had a handful, there were like three hits in that game off Rodriguez that were pretty soft. And, you know, you just, it's, you know, you don't want to sound like an apologist because it was, it was not a good effective start, but I I think there are enough signs there to suggest that maybe because he had something like a seven ERA and in May, I, I don't think he was that bad in that month. It's just, you know, it's not like you saw him just getting knocked around every night, but, but he doesn't, he does not, he, he doesn't avoid contact very well. I mean, he's not a, he's not getting very much swing and miss. And so that's a problem. You can say, Oh, it's a lot of soft contact, but it's also a lot of contact. And, you know, so if you're allowing contact, you're always opening yourself up to that risk. Yeah, I just wonder as the because I think the Red Sox schedule in June is going to be pretty tough, uh, st- starting with the Houston series, which they've lost the first two games, 
And I wonder how that starting rotation is going to be able to hold up now yeah, that the, yeah. the competition is getting better. Because yeah, it's it's, do you it's think, definitely a fair question. Because the one thing that their offense handled early in the year, elite pitching pretty well. They faced a lot of, you know, they like, I mean, I can't remember how many runs they scored off Lucas Giolito, but it, I mean, it was they had a handful of really high end guys early in the year that they faced and did well. But the real question there is, like you say, the pitching. How how are they going to handle it when they have to face these these big lineups? And and maybe that's mitigated by the way. The, the extent to which offense is down right now, you know, maybe it does allow them to get through it. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, you're, but I think you're right. It's there, there are definitely bigger challenges ahead for them. Do you see them adding at the trade deadline? If they're still in, in contention, I, I mean, I think they're going to still be in contention, even if they struggle a little bit in June, just because the division between the four teams is going to be pretty bunched up. Yeah. I mean, I think they could add some, I mean, I, you know, again, I would bet that the fact that they've got sale, potentially coming back, maybe. Oh, I love that narrative. Always the acquiring someone from the IL. Yeah, but I I just think that fits their their whole thing right now, right? Like the way Haim is so long-term, you know, sustainability, all this stuff. Like, I I think he would be able to sell himself on the idea of like, okay, I'm not going to, even if we need a big starting pitcher, instead of maybe going after a huge name, maybe you go after a smaller name, and think, oh, and we're, and we're getting sale back, you know, stuff like that. I, um, that other thing to watch, I mean, they, they've got that kid, Jaron Duran, playing center field in AAA, who's with Team USA right now. And that's another spot where they could, I could see them in the second half, you know, making that move as an upgrade. Um, you know, we'll see. I don't, you know, he's got like three weeks of AAA experience, um, but he's an interesting player for them who fits a hole. I mean, right now they don't really have a left fielder. Um, or center field, however you want to look at it. Right. But uh, but that's another move that w- could be internal where you could maybe see an upgrade without necessarily having to make a big trade. So how do you think Alex Cora coming back has affected the fact that the Red Sox are competing a lot better this year? Oh, I think it affects it. I mean, there, there's something, that guy, I don't know, man, he, he has a way about him in the clubhouse yeah. that's, uh, it's impressive. He does a good job. He's a very metricsy guy, right? I mean, he, he loves the metrics. Stuff. And that fits with Hein Bloom. Fits with Hein Bloom and it fit with sort of the direction that the team was going a little bit anyway. I mean, he he but so he loves that stuff. He loves the metrics, he loves the analytics. He, he dives into it, believes in it. But he's a lifelong baseball guy who so he has those sort of that side of it too. You know, he you know, he talks about stealing bases and Talks about wanting to hit for an average, and it, it, it's like he. Well, like he you said, he talked about making contact with a runner on yeah, third, and, and totally. was pre- preaching that. And now, I, I just to compare him to Aaron Boone because they both got managerial jobs in the same year. And Aaron Boone's like after the game, after the Yankees once again failed to get a guy in from third base, just well, we just got to stick to our approach and, and stuff like that. So it's like it's just a lot more. Trust the processy, and 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 that's mm-hmm. that's a little frustrating. Uh, yeah, where I kind of appreciate the fire out of Cora, not afraid to to say something. Yeah, he's he's done he's done a great job with that. I mean, he that's part of why I think you he was very good with Eduardo Rodriguez. That was and and handled him almost rough. You know, like he would he would t- go into press conferences after Erod starts in eighteen and nineteen, and like call him out like he needs to be better at this he can do better than this he lost his focus on that and endeavors he would come in and just be like nope he's great 
there are no problems here at all. He doesn't need to worry. Like he he reads the room well. You know, he knows he can sort of light a fire under Eduardo, and that sometimes with Devers, Devers will beat himself up. I mean, if, like if watching Devers at bats, it's a comedy routine. The way he's yelling at himself, if he, you know, if he, it's 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 amazing. He's just like, he'll take a he'll take one bad swing and he backs out just like, like yelling and cur- <laughs> like he gets down on himself really hard and. And so Alex does a good job of that and does a good job, I think, then of blending, uh, bringing the analytics stuff into the clubhouse and explaining to guys, here's what we're doing. Here's why it is, you know, he, he can make it where it's not a fight and, and they'll buy into it. I think that I think that matters. Yeah. And it just from last year, short season anyway, interim manager, like yeah, bad yeah, last start. Year was a mess. Totally. Ba- bad I mean, start. And, and, and it's just like... Forget if this. Spring training opens with you trade Mookie. Right, you know, I mean, right. like it was just like again, like you can argue whether it was the right move or not, but it it can't have been fun to then be in that clubhouse knowing our team just traded away our best player. Oh. Like, you know, I mean, it's just you start you go into the season feeling like when all that's coming a month after they've had to fire the super popular manager, and then then sale gets it. I mean, it was just. Yeah, it, it, uh, we weren't allowed in the clubhouse, obviously, last year, but I can't imagine that it would have been a very fun one, you know, no. to be in. Yeah, I guess you dodged a bullet for covering uh, 162 mess of a season because yes. oh. that gets pretty dry in August and September, huh? Oh, man, yeah, we were, it, it got pretty dry after game 15. And we were like, all right. What is the worst, what is the worst team you've ever covered, like, record-wise? Oh, what well, it, it had to be that one. Um, what about a full season? Yeah, it might be. What was that? What was the year? Can't remember which year it was when the Yankees had Overbay and oh, it was like Vernon Wells when Teixeira got hurt and Granderson was hurt. Yeah, I remember that team. But that team was sort of fun though. I mean, they weren't good, but like there were these weird things. Have Vernon Wells played third base one game? Like it was, it was an interesting team still. Yeah, but like they just were like falling apart at the seams and like nothing yeah. was really working well. Um, that's the one from my time with the Yankees that always stands out as like, oh yeah, that was, a, that sort of became a mess. <laughs> times. But amazingly, they won like 84 games. Yeah, no, they were not, like I said, I mean, they were not a bad team. It was just like, that's the one where it was like, but stuff was, but th- also that's another thing about that, that whole run of the Yankees, um, y- you know, they didn't win after whatever, but between, what was it, 2000 and 2009? Yep. Um, and then again, pass. But I mean, that they were ev- that an eighty-four win season was like one of the like oh, boy, that was brutal. You know, it's, oh, it's oh, amazing. Right, yeah. they, they were consistently a worth watching team, and that, that that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say two thousand. I think it was two thousand sixteen. They were technically eliminated from the playoffs mm-hmm. in early September. So, and that was one of the earliest they were ever officially mathematically eliminated. But that was one of the most fun second half seasons because they 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 called up Gary Sanchez, they called up Aaron Judge, and we kind of so it's like even in in that season, I still yeah. had fun watching them in the second half. And that's the year, that's the trade deadline, right? That Cashman like nailed it. Yeah, he sold it. He yeah. sold Miller and Chapman and got Glaber yeah. and Frazier and yeah, you know. So that was that even even when they were bad, like it was a it, it, and again interesting. I remember th- finding that fascinating that you know, for the first time in his career, really, I think Cashman had a chance to like sell at the deadline and he did it so well. Like he, I mean, you know, he crushed that, you know, to get those guys 
it was impressive. Yeah. And you're right. It was, it was a fun, it was actually kind of fun to watch at the end. Were you covering the Yankees in 16? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, Cashman, I, he, he should get credit for that. And and now I think he's, he's getting a lot of blame for, for some <laughs> roster moves as the team seems to be inching closer to their window closing and, and yeah. seeming, seemingly getting worse. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend because I, I I'm happy the, in, in a sense, the Red Sox are competitive because it's always more fun in the baseball season when the, when the Red Sox are, are good and the Yankees are good and we got some of those rivalries coming up. So I appreciate the time and yeah, no uh, enjoy the weekend and enjoy the rest of the season. All right, sounds good. Man. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.